This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillahi ta'ala na'maduhu wa nasta'iluhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina min yahdihillahu falamudillalahu wa min yudlil falahadiyala wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama tasliman kathira ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatih ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار In the 18th year of the Hijrah the illustrious companion Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu passed away. He died in the plague of Amwas in the area of Asham. Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu was one of the most knowledgeable of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to the extent that it was said in some narrations that he will come at the forefront at the head of the scholars on the day of judgment. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was encouraging people to learn the Quran in Medina, he told them to take the Quran from one of four companions. From those four was Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu. He died at a relatively young age, in his 30s, radiallahu anhu arda. At the time of his death, when he was on his deathbed, he made a statement that I want us to think about and focus on and ponder over in this khutbah. He said that, oh Allah, you know that I don't want a prolonged life because he died at a relatively young age. I don't want a prolonged life because I have any love of the trees or the rivers of this dunya. But what I will miss from the dunya is fasting the long days and praying the long nights and sitting with the scholars learning about your religion. The statement of Mu'adh radiallahu anhu which shows the depth and the level of his iman, the level of his knowledge, the level of his ibadah radiallahu anhu arda is something which brought a question to, to my mind. And that question is that if we were in a similar situation, or even if we're not in that situation of death, but right now we were to look back and to ask ourselves this question, what are the moments in our life that we would look upon fondly? What are the moments in our life that we would miss? What are the moments in the lives that Allah Azza wa has so far allowed us to have, be that 20, 30, 50, 70, 80 years, what would you look upon as the most precious moments in your life thus far? And I think for many of us, if not all of us, if someone was just to ask you that question off the cuff, you had no time to prepare, you didn't know it was part of this khutbah, most of us would respond and say it was the time that I got married, maybe. Or the time that I had my first child or even grandchild. Or it would be something to do with our career or our profession or our studies. Or maybe it would be an experience that we had that was unique in our lifetime. And all of those are valid things, the halal, the permissible. Some of them are even acts of worship. 
like for example having a family or providing for them. But in each one of them, there is also an element of the dunya, an element of some worldly benefit that you take and you extract and that you can see it as tangible. But when it comes to the statement of Mu'ad radiallahu an, what he missed most would be those precious moments that he is engaged in acts of worship that are purely between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Acts of worship in which there is no place for anyone else. There is no worldly gain to be had. The fasting of the long days and the praying of the long nights and sitting with the other people, the students of knowledge, learning about the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are the precious moments that Mu'ad radiallahu an would miss. And that is something which I think all of us should focus upon. Because for many of us, we find it difficult to reach that level of iman, or even before iman, that level of awareness, just simply to know that these moments that we have, for example, like the moment right now, sitting in this khutbah, which is something you do only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't get paid for coming to the masjid. In fact, maybe some of you are even losing money because you are at the masjid right now. There's no worldly benefit or gain to be had here for the most part. It is something which you do purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These moments are the moments that inshallah will count on yawm al-qiyamah. The moments that don't have any worldly gain or any worldly corruption within them. And that is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran. When he says subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about the people of righteousness of al-birr, righteousness and piety on yawm al-qiyamah, he says, إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي نَعِيمٍ Indeed the abrar, the people of righteousness and goodness, they will be in bliss. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala in his commentary on this verse, he said that when Allah azawajal says that they will be in bliss, it is not just restricted to the bliss of the next life, of the hereafter, of the reward of Jannah, but Allah Azzawajal says in the generic form, the general form, they will be in bliss. So that includes the bliss of this dunya. In this dunya, they find bliss. In this dunya, they find happiness and joy. And then he says, because the person who understands the preciousness, the value of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being pleased with Allah Azzawajal and working for his pleasure, he spends his time loving Allah Azzawajal and trying to earn the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the person that Allah Azza wa Jal will give to them bliss in this dunya. So, how do we attain that level of iman? How do we attain that level of what Mu'ad radiallahu an experienced at the time of his death? That the thing that he would look most fondly back upon in his lifetime, relatively short, and perhaps like many other people when you're relatively that young, you have many dreams and hopes and wishes in terms of what you want to achieve in your life. But when you look back, those are the things that he would miss most. The first point that I want to bring to your attention when it comes to this issue is that it is a lack of awareness on the part of most of us. We lack awareness of the preciousness of those moments that we spend in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For many of us, it becomes a tick box exercise or it's something which we do simply to lift off, upon, off our shoulders a burden of, of obligation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to enjoy those moments and to realize how precious they are. This khutbatul jum'ah right now, the fact that you walked from wherever you walked from in order to come into the masjid, the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith that is collected by Imam al-Tirmidhi in his jami' on the authority of Aws ibn Aws radiyallahu an. He said, whoever cleanses, bathes, purifies himself on the day of Friday and then comes early to the masjid, 
and sits as close as he can to the imam and then he listens attentively for every footstep Allah Azza wa Jal will give them the reward of a year of fasting on salah a year of fasting on salah for every footstep you walk 10 footsteps that's 10 years of fasting on salah 50 footsteps 50 years 100 footsteps 100 years that is the preciousness of the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is those moments that we lack awareness of then the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wasallam that when you make wudu with every single drop of water that falls from your body Allah azza wa jalla expiates with its sins we don't think about that when we're making wudu we think we have 10 seconds to make wudu because we got to pray and then we got to get back to work and that's the way that we think so we don't take those moments and we don't see how precious they are we don't benefit from them we don't enjoy them the Prophet وسلم, it is said, was once walking by a grave. In the hadith of Abu Hurairah And he asked the companions, who is in this grave? And he said, so-and-so. So-and-so is in this grave. The Prophet said, وسلم, Two rak'ahs for him just to come back and pray. Two rak'ahs would be more beloved to him than everything else in this world. Those two rak'ahs that you just offered when you came into the masjid, tahiyyatul masjid, those two rak'ahs that took you 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, is more beloved and precious to this man than everything in the dunya. So we lack a level of awareness. And one of the things that made the companions, radiallahu anhum, the amazing generation that they were, is that they had that consciousness of Allah azza wa jal. They were mindful and cognizant that each and every single one of those moments when you sit down and you open the Qur'an or those few pounds that you just put in the bucket to give to sadaqah whatever it is in terms of your good deeds that you do purely and sincerely for the sake of Allah that is something which you should enjoy. And finding those moments and learning to enjoy them that is one of the greatest ways of tasting the sweetness of iman. The Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam iman مَنْ رَضِيَ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّنْ وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ رَسُولًا He has tasted the sweetness of Iman. The one who is pleased with Allah as his Lord, Islam as his religion, and the Prophet ﷺ as his messenger. Learning to enjoy that time and those moments that you have in worship. Most of us, we come and we pray, and because our mind is so preoccupied with what's going on before and what is going to come after, we don't enjoy the salah. The month of Ramadan comes and goes and because there's so much else going on, we don't have the time to focus and enjoy those few days and before we know the whole month has elapsed. Those moments is extremely important to enjoy. So the first thing that we have to do is learn to become aware. When you come to any act of worship, it is important to stop and try to take out a moment and reflect. And it is difficult because of the nature of the dunya and the life that we lead. It is counterintuitive because we live in such a fast-paced world that today it's all about go, go, go rather than to stop and to pause and to reflect. But the believer has to reflect, has to stop, has to pause and contemplate as to why they are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what it is that they hope to achieve, achieve and gain. The second thing that we have to do, that we have to be conscious of, is that in order to reach that level of iman, the way that Mu'ad radiallahu anhu displayed at the end of his life, that type of level of iman requires a great deal of struggle and striving. Doesn't make sense that you think that you can just wake up one moment and you go from nothing to the level of iman of the likes of Abu Bakr and Umar and Mu'ad radiallahu anhu. 
It is a lifetime of worship, a lifetime of struggle, a lifetime of turning back to Allah Azza wa Jalla, of making tawbah, of learning and wanting to improve, that allows you to eventually reach that level. And for some people, they don't even reach it then. It is a precious gift that Allah Azza wa gives to whomsoever He wills. But if you're sincere and you try, Allah tells us in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who strive in our path, we will guide them towards our cause. You strive, you try, when you trip up, you get up and you try again, Allah Azza wa blesses the efforts of those people. And don't just think it's me and you that struggle with this. From the earliest generations of the Muslims, we have narrations of how they spoke of that very same struggle and striving. It's no wonder that they reached the heights that they did because they weren't people to just stop at the first hurdle. They didn't just fall down or let shaitan overcome them once and never get up again. Thabit al-Bunani, rahimahullah ta'ala, from the scholars of the Tabi'een, studied in the likes of Ibn Umar and Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhum, Famous well-known scholar, you will find his name in the narrations of hadith, in the books of hadith. Thabit said, it took me 20 years of struggling with the salah in order for me to be able to enjoy the salah for the remaining 20 years that I had. 20 years of struggle, 20 years of striving, 20 years of you coming and shaitan whispering to you, 20 years of you praying and leaving and thinking that that salah didn't increase my iman, didn't do anything for me. But you come and you try again. And you turn back to Allah and you look at your sins and try to seek forgiveness for them and you come back and you try over and over again. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah, from the scholars of the next generation that taught Tabi'in, he said that I never dealt with anything more difficult for me than my own sincerity. It took him a lifetime of struggle in order to attain that level of ikhlas for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It takes time, it takes struggle. But the problem that most of us have is that we don't see in the first day, week, month, any results, and so we stop and we give up. Allah tells us to continue to strive. The word mujahada comes from jihad, which means to strive. And to strive and to struggle, the greatest of those forms is to strive and struggle against your own nafs, your own soul, your own temptations, your own desires. And so Allah commands us to do so in the Quran. The third thing that we can do is to look for those acts of worship that help us to attain that level of Iman. Contemplating over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reading the Qur'an. Reading the biographies of the scholars who came past. Finding that act of worship that you find it easier to connect with and beginning with that. And let that be a springboard for you for other acts of worship. This was the way that the Salaf used to do. This was the practice of the Salaf rahimahumullah ta'ala and the way that they used to achieve those levels of Iman. For some people it is easier to give sadaqah so find that moment of recognition or that, that recognizing the enjoyment that you find in giving that act of charity. For other people it is ibadah, acts of ibadah like fasting and worship. For other people it is seeking knowledge or reading the Qur'an and learning the Qur'an. Each one of us has a different pathway. The companions radiallahu anhum were not one and the same, all of them. But each one of them excelled in something that maybe others from amongst them didn't excel. And the Prophet ﷺ would nurture the strengths and skills and interests of those companions so that each one of them would excel in those particular ways. There are many other points that we can mention as well, but these are the three that I want to leave you with. Number one, to recognize the importance and the preciousness of those moments. Number two, to strive and struggle. And number three, to find those acts of worship that you can use as a springboard for others. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'ani wa sunnah wa nafa'ani wa yakum bima fihima min al-ayati wa al-hikmah aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li jami'il muslimina min kulli dhambin fa astaghfiruh innahu al-ghafur rahim. 
بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد I want to conclude this khutbah today by mentioning the statement of Ibn Taymiyyah رحمه الله تعالى in this regard and he mentions رحمه الله تعالى that if a person doesn't find that level of happiness and enjoyment in their acts of worship then something in that process something along the way went wrong and so you have to stop and to think and analyze as to what it is is it a lack of sincerity? It is, a lack of, is it a lack of you recognizing and understanding the value of the acts of worship that you're performing? Is it perhaps a lack of knowledge that you're not performing those actions according to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, for indeed Allah azza wa from his names is that he is ash-shukur. And ash-shukur is the one who when people do good deeds, he rewards them manifestly. He rewards them abundantly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when someone does a good deed, he places all of the rewards that that person achieves, he places them before them. From that reward is the reward that they have in the akhirah. But from those rewards are the rewards of the dunya. And from the rewards of the dunya are the blessings that you see around you in your life. From the rewards of the dunya is the contentment and the happiness that you find in your heart. From the rewards of the dunya is the enjoyment that you taste or the sweetness that you taste of iman and the enjoyment that you find in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you don't find that despite you worshiping Allah azza wa or trying, then there is still something that you need to adjust, something that you need to amend. And that comes back to the first point of being someone who is awake, someone who is, who is conscious of what's going on. Many of us, we spend whole lifetimes, decades, doing acts of worship and not realizing anything or any benefit from it. And then we only kind of wake up to that fact once 20, 30, 40 years of salah have passed by. So many Ramadans have gone. So much sadaqah has been given. The companions were people who when they would do an act and they didn't find it to give them the rewards that Allah mentions in the Quran or that are mentioned in the Sunnah, they would stop and they would question. They would hold themselves to account. They would seek knowledge, they would learn. And they would try to rectify so that they could attain those rewards that Allah Azza wa Jal has promised those people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't break his promises. And Allah is not false in his word subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah gives us that promise of reward, of happiness, of contentment through those deeds, then that is a promise that is binding upon Allah Azza wa Jal. So if you don't find it, then the problem is not in the promise, it is with me and you and our deeds and our sincerity and our actions. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he rectifies for us our state and our affairs. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows and showers his blessings upon us, his mercy and his forgiveness. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us steadfast upon this religion. And that Allah azza wa jalla allows us to live upon Islam and die upon it and to be resurrected with the people of Iman. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.